The 10 Best Race-Based Jokes of All Time. Mr. Reagan. The left-wing lunatics complain about just about everything these days, including jokes, and it's caused a lot of comedians a great deal of consternation. Comedians have one goal, to make people laugh, and that's a good and positive thing. But sometimes the best jokes are a little off-putting to some people. Here's a great example of a joke that's in very bad taste, but it's also very funny. What is the most offensive joke that you've ever written? The, if only Africa had more mosquito nets, then every year we could save millions of mosquitoes from dying needlessly of AIDS. <laughs> wow. <Yes. laughs> Now, do we think Jimmy Carr hates Africans? No. Do we think that he's totally unsympathetic to people with AIDS? No. He's making a joke, and he's making a joke that's funny. Now, with this video, I want to propose that every person of every race should have the liberty to joke about every other race, because life should not be a game of who can avoid offending people the most. <laughs> life should be an enjoyable time with people that we like, and that includes making each other laugh. And though I don't think that most of us actually follow the absurd guidelines proposed by leftists, we also don't tend to challenge them publicly. So that is what I'm going to do here. All right, I have a bit of a confession to make. I lied about the uh, 10 best, by the way. There are way more than that. Oh, and I've also left in all of the profanity. So brace yourselves. But before we look at that, I have to sell you something. Are you bored out of your mind? Then get Raid Shadow Legends. This is the best game to play on your phone right now. It's super addictive and should keep you entertained right the way through the quarantine. It's honestly the best game I've ever played on my phone, and it's totally free. Download on your phone, your wife's phone, your dog's phone. Everybody should be playing this game. Now, this is not a cartoony and cutesy game. Enough with the candy, the rainbows, the unicorns, and the bright colors. Get real, raw, dark, epic, and awesome. And now, the highly anticipated Battle Pass option is on. Season 1 is live, and you can win awesome rewards, including free energy refills, gems, upgraded article sets, and new epic and legendary champions by fulfilling the daily and weekly challenges. You can play Raid on both your phone and your computer. And honestly, even if you don't like games, this is a great time to try this game, Raid, because, I mean, I'm not really a gamer per se, but this game is a heck of a lot of fun. And, I mean, I used to have other games on my phone specifically for flying because, for some reason, there's something about long flights that makes me want to play a video game. But now when I fly, I only play Raid. And now, now that we're all in quarantine here in California, every day is like a long flight. So even if you don't like video games, I do think you should give this one a go. It's a game that you can play infinitely, but it's also got a pretty cool storyline. And the thing I like best about it is the production quality, the graphics and the sound effects and the music. I mean, I grew up with the original Nintendo. So, you know, you see games on your phone now with this level of quality on a phone for free. I mean, it's pretty insane. You can find me in the game under the nickname Sir Reagan, and you can also join my clan. So what are you waiting for? Go click on the link in the description, and if you're a new player, you'll get 100,000 silver plus one free champion, Hexweaver. All this treasure will be waiting for you 
in your inbox at the top right here. Now these rewards will only be available for the next 30 days, so go ahead and jump on now. Get this game, raid Shadow Legends, and stay sane during this very boring apocalypse. Good luck, and I'll see you there. Number 14, Key and Peel, the auction block. Number 13, Ken Jong, Vietnamese people. Koreans, but we're like the angriest motherfuckers on the planet, are we not? Are we not Koreans? Korean? That means hello in Korean. You know what I'm saying? Give it up, goo. You all right? Give it up. Vietnamese, where are the Vietnamese? Vietnamese, right? Right? Kind of gay, right? Kind of gay. You know what I'm talking about. Very faggy. That's how I'm Come on. What the fuck? That's how and come on. And when they speak English, they're like gay, retarded, deaf mutes, you know? Would you like to eat the Vietnamese boat? You know, what the fuck? All right, now many people would give Ken Jeong a pass here because he's Asian. Even though he's Korean, Vietnamese people are Asian, so, you know, it's kind of okay. Also, his wife's Vietnamese, so, yeah, it's fine, right? I mean, in, in a way, it's sort of like a Scottish person joking about German culture or a German person joking about British culture or something like that. But at the end of the day, if you've ever been to Korea or Vietnam or any of these countries or known anybody from these countries, you'll realize that the sort of typical nature of people in these cultures is that they are deeply racist against other people from other regions. A recent BBC poll found that a majority of South Koreans hold negative views of the Japanese. Uh, they don't want to say that they are racist, but they are because they kind of like, they bluntly admitted, like straight up, Oh, teacher, I don't like Japanese. I don't like Chinese. They're crazy. They're whatever, you know? There's still a lot of beef between Japanese people, Chinese people, and Koreans. I don't tend to find that Germans tend to be highly racist against Swedes or anything like that. So you could make an argument that Ken Jong's performance here is actually far more offensive than like a typical person's joke about another race. But I wouldn't make that argument because, again, I think everybody should be able to joke about everybody else and it shouldn't really matter. Number 12, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor has said a lot of brilliant stuff over the years, but this was the first joke he ever told in his first television appearance ever. And I thought it was just great. I, I had a wild neighborhood, I gotta tell you, because of my mother's Puerto Rican and my father's Negro and we lived in a real big Jewish tenement building. <laughs> in an Italian neighborhood. Every time I go outside, the kids say, get him, he's all of them. <laughs> Number 11, Aziz Ansari. Black dudes think magic is real. To me, it's one of those things, it's like saying, it's like saying black dudes are blown away by magic tricks. Stereotypes are fucked up, but that one's on point. <laughs> if anyone has footage of a black dude seeing a magic trick and not being blown away, show it to me. I'll never say that again. But until I see that footage, that's my favorite racial stereotype ever. That's the best one. Nothing comes close. Oh, oh what do you got? Oh, 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 Jewish people are really cheap. No, no, no. When a black dude sees a magic trick, his mind explodes. 
Asian people open up dry cleaning places a lot. No, 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 no. When a black dude sees a magic trick for a few moments, he thinks it's real, like there's a sorcerer on Earth. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this is what happens, all right? They see the magic trick, and then this. They gotta walk away a minimum of 30 feet, because everything they know about reality has just been destroyed. They have to reassess existence from the ground up. But what always happens? They always turn around. That's amazing! That's amazing! That's amazing! That's amazing! This is a very funny observation by Aziz Ansari. And, I mean, the, the truth is, if a white person made this joke, I don't think everybody would say that they're racist, but there, was, there would certainly be some people who would point to it and say, that's racist, you know. Aziz, Aziz Ansari kind of gets away with it because he's Pakistani, which I think is great. He should get away with it. But everybody should be able to get away with making interesting observations about people no matter what, because that is what is interesting about life and you know the differences between us are fun to observe open your eyes did you feel anything yeah what did you feel <laughs> you talk now <laughs> All right, I'm going to throw another one in here. I know I shouldn't, but uh, Aziz Ansari gets two because this one was too funny and totally appropriate. He's talking here about white people trying not to be racist, and I love this bit. So here you go. Any white people here see crazy rich Asians? Raise your hands, anybody? Yeah. Yeah. You, ma'am, in the front, you saw it? Yeah, it had like a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. You think it was that good? 97%? Yeah, maybe a little less. What, what number would you give it? Are you nervous right now? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. It doesn't matter what you think about the movie. It's just fun to make white people feel bad. And... This is so adorable. Look how far we've come in just two generations, right? Like, your grandma doesn't even call it that movie Crazy Rich Asians. She calls it that movie that has too many Orientals. And now you're sitting here like, uh, 85? Shit, I, I take it back. 97, what do I need to say to not get in trouble? Uh... It's coming from a good place, but some people are acting weird, man. I asked this one lady. I was like, uh, you see Crazy Rich Asians? She's like, yeah. I was like, you like it? She's like, uh, I actually didn't see it. I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you lying for? My favorite thing, though, one time I asked someone, I was like, uh, you like Crazy Rich Asians? They're like, you know what it is? Gotta be honest with you. First time I saw it, I didn't really enjoy it. But then I watched it again with one of my Asian friends, and I saw how much it meant to her to see herself represented on the screen, and that made me really like the film. And I said, oh, um, that doesn't mean you like the movie. That's just a weird, condescending, shitty thing to say. Could you imagine if I watched Paul Blart Mall Cop? And I was like, I didn't really like it, but then I watched it again with one of my chubby white friends. Really changed my perspective. And, and this is great because it's not like racist. There's nothing, I mean, I don't think anybody could accuse him of being racist here, but he is kind of poking fun at the whole reality that white people are so unbelievably sensitive to being called racist that they'll actually do bizarre things to avoid appearing to be racist. It's such a, it's a, it's a really a keen observation. Absolutely legitimate, very real, and I thought very funny. Number 10, The Office, Black Man's c All right, this is something I saw quite a long time ago. This is from the original Office, 
what we would refer to in America as The Office UK, but it was actually the original show in the UK. And uh, this was just... The, everything about the show was about awkwardness. That was the whole show was simply about awkwardness. And this clip is no exception. And it's an absolutely beautiful joke that I absolutely love. I've got a joke you can use. Well, you don't usually do jokes. We're going. All right, it's Christmas dinner. Royal family having a Christmas dinner. Camilla Parker Bowles goes, okay, we'll play 20 questions. I'll think of something. You have to ask me questions and guess what it is. So what she's thinking is a black man's cock. Oh, right. trust Camilla. <laughs> Not racist, is it? No. Um, so Prince Philip goes, is it big in the bread bin? Mm. She goes, yeah. Prince Charles goes, is it something I can put in my mouth? She goes, yeah. Queen goes, is it a black man's cock? <laughs> She's guessed it from those clues. Straight away. <laughs> oh, God. That's the sort of stuff I write. Well, I mean, you didn't write it, you just told it, but, you know, well done. He was funny, though. There, but uh, often an amateur will stitch up a professional. This is what I should have told you. Right? Royal family, yeah, Christmas Day, had lunch, sitting down, Camilla goes, let's play a game. Play 20 questions. I think that's how much you've got. Guess what I'm thinking of? And what she's thinking of is a black man's conk. Right? So Charles goes, uh, Is it big in the bread bin? She goes, Yes. Right? Philip goes, Could I put it in my mouth? She goes, Yes. So the Queen goes, Is it a black. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. Are you telling a joke? No, that was it. What did the Queen say? Come on. What was the joke? It's about the royal family playing 20 questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not the black man's cock one, is it? You might be, but I don't... It's bad, isn't it? No, it's all right. It's funny. Harmless. Well done. Have you all met the, uh, this little lady? This, this lady? This is about race, of course, but it's... It's kind of related to Aziz Ansari's observation that white people always desperately try to not look racist, which is, you know, quite a funny comedic thing that I think can be used well, you know, if done right, which it absolutely is here. Number nine, Jeff Foxworthy. Every joke by Jeff Foxworthy. Now, what's funny about this is Jeff Foxworthy made his entire career making jokes about rednecks, right, which is a kind of subcategory of white people, right? I think if Jeff Foxworthy, at the time that he came up in the 90s, was making jokes about ghetto black people, uh, I think he'd be in some trouble. Um, but he stuck to his own race. He made the jokes about rednecks, and it worked out for him. And now he's a millionaire, uh, basically by making fun of white people. And I think that's great. I think that's great. I think black people should be able to make fun of white people. I think white people should make, be able to make fun of white people. I think we should all be able to make fun of each other. And I think that... This is a great example of that working out very well for Jeff Foxworthy. Growing up, I had no idea that's what I was. And looking back, it was so obvious. I am not making this up. My entire childhood, our mailbox in front of our house had the letters M-A-L-E painted on the side of it. And by the time I was in the 11th grade, I realized that ain't right. That is a true story. When I was in the third grade, my uncle did that as a joke, and nobody got it. <laughs> my wife and uh, her entire family are from the great state of Louisiana. We were people from Louisiana? Hey, what do you think about this electricity? This something else, isn't it? Uh, it was too easy. I had to do that. I'm, my wife's cousin got married, and, and we go down for this wedding. 
And, and we, are, we are with her entire family for the rehearsal dinner at Hooters. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm dying. And our waitress that night was, uh, she was qualified to work there. Uh, matter of fact, I'm pretty sure she was on a scholarship. But the first time she walked up to the table, my wife's Uncle Don looked at her and went, Woo, woo, where'd you get them things, girl? I thought she was going to get mad, and she was as cool as she could be. She said, I bought them. And then Don's wife, Lois, said, you know, I've been thinking about buying me some. And Don turned to Lois and said, you are 62 years old. You getting a boob job would be like hanging a new chandelier in a haunted house. Number eight, Seinfeld, the cigar store Indian. All right, now. Everybody that's my age knows about this episode of Seinfeld, a great episode. Uh, I use clips from this sometimes to talk about Elizabeth Warren. Uh, This is a classic. And again, it's about white people trying not to be racist, which is funny because actually when I compile these videos, I, I didn't make that observation until now. Most of the jokes about white people, except for Jeff Foxworthy's stuff, but a lot of jokes about white people today are about white people trying desperately not to be Racist, or at least to be perceived to be racist, which is pretty funny. Jerry! Surprise! <laughs> what is this? Well, I felt bad about this afternoon, so I got you something. Oh, you did? Uh, do, do, do you guys all know Jerry? Hi, Jerry. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Winona. <laughs> nice to see you again. Elaine, is it your birthday? No. I don't need a reason to give gifts. It's my nature. I love to make people happy. Are you ready? Yeah. Ta-da! It's a cigar store Indian. Here's the card. That's very nice. Thank you very much. Read it out loud. I, I don't think so. We had a little fight this afternoon. Let's bury the hatchet. We smoke them peace pipe. No, it's late. I really should go. I, uh, I don't blame you, Winona. I'm... Hey, uh, Are you out of your mind? Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's kitschy. Winona is a Native American. She is? Uh, Winona, it's Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, listen, I really felt bad about what happened. I, I, I'd really like to apologize. Can I come up? I'll come down. It's just that it's a very sensitive issue for me. And well, it should be. I think if you spent any time with me at all, you, you see, I'm very sensitive to these matters as well. You wouldn't be hungry by any chance, would you? I guess I could go for a bite. You like Chinese food? Because I once went to a great Szechuan restaurant in this neighborhood. I don't remember the exact address. Uh, excuse me, you must know where the Chinese restaurant is around here. Why must I know? Because I'm Chinese? You think I know where all the Chinese restaurants are? Oh, ask honorable Chinaman for rotational restaurants. No, I guess that's because you're the mailman. You would know the neighborhood. Oh, hello, American Joe. Which way to Hamburg hot dog stand? I should probably just go home. I, I had no idea. Hey, Jerry! Look what I got! Oh, 
thought we'd eat at the Gentle Harvest. Oh, I love that place, but it's usually so crowded. Can we get a table? Oh, don't worry. I made reser... I, uh, I arranged for the appropriate accommodations. And then, Nick tickets, floor seats. How did you get these? Got them on the street from a scat. Uh, one of those guys. What guys? You know, the guys that uh, they sell the tickets to the sold out events. Oh, by the way, that TV guide I gave you, I need to back. Why? Well, I'm doing a report on minorities in the media, and I wanted to use that interview with Al Roker. Well, it's too late. I gave it to Elaine. She's already on her way to give it to George's father. Jerry, I really need it back. It, it is mine. Well, but you can't give something and then take it back. I mean, what are you... <laughs> what? A, uh, a person that... Uh, a person that what? Well, a person that gives something and then they're dissatisfied and they wish they had never and give, given it to the person that they originally gave it to. You mean like an Indian giver? I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that term. Number seven, Eddie Murphy, Rocky. White people, period. Y'all go crazy after y'all see a Rocky movie because y'all believe that shit. Because the movies are so emotional and so real. You sit there and go like, hey, this is real. Yeah, and Stallone have y'all white people pumped, especially Italians. After Italians see Rocky, they come out the movie theater, they be like, Italians are funny people because they act like niggas. It's real funny. <laughs> they do. They hold their dick more than us to be standing around with it. Get the fuck out of here. It's right here, all right? What? Hey, fuck you, all right? Everything is a question, too. Hey, what am I, an asshole? What am I, a fucking jerk? Get the fuck out of here. It's right here, all right? People standing on line and shit. Hey, Paisan, you going in to see Rocky right now? Yeah. Great fucking movie. You don't like this one. He comes out, Sly comes out, he breaks his big fucking nigga's face. He busts it fucking wide open. Fucking moon of y'all laying on the floor, fucked up. It's fucking great. I fucking love him, man. All right, rock up. Hey, you know something? At the end of this picture now, just between you and I, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but Sly wins this one again. You know, Shum, you know what I like about Stallone's movies? The realism, you know? Because, you know, that's the way you got to fucking treat those fucking moolies. They think that they can fucking push you around. That's your big hot shot. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of my face with that shit. That's what I, You know something? You can really do that. You can really fucking do that. You see that fucking big moolie y'all stand over there? You see that black guy over there at the line getting some candy? Yeah, you're all right. Now, he's about 6'5". I'm 5'2". I ain't no big guy, all right? But I'm Italian. Watch this. You watch this, all right? Hey, excuse me, brother. Hey, let me have a box of juicy fruits and uh, let me have some bonbons. I think I'd have some bonbons there. And uh, let me have some uh, junior mints and uh, give me another box of juicy fruits and uh, the niggas are going to pay for it. Excuse me? You heard what I said, Mooley? Pay for my fucking candy. Or I'll kick your ass. Oh, you just saw Rocky. Look, little Italian white man. 
I enjoy Sylvester Stallone's movies too, but I'm getting waiting here to get some candy. I'm going to go see a movie with my friend. Why don't you just go hop in your IROC Z28 and take your ass home? I'll kick your fucking ass. Then they hear that Rocky music. Hour later. Woo, 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 woo. He's not going to make it. The big nigga named Abdullah's hand wrapped around his throat. <laughs> and a box of Juji fruits rammed up his ass. He's not going to make it. Now this, I love this clip. He's putting on this like strong Italian-American accent, right? This sort of New York Italian, which I think some people kind of still talk like that, actually. And this was done a long time ago. It's like the 80s. The great thing about Eddie Murphy is he didn't just do, you know, one accent about one particular group or something like that. He was great. He did lots of kind of accents, lots of kind of impressions. He did certain kinds of black people. He did white people. He did Italians. He did, he had a very specific white person voice, which is pretty funny. He did everybody. I mean, equal opportunity offender. His material was just hilarious. This is just one of many race-based jokes that Eddie Murphy made. Honestly, the guy was a genius. I highly recommend looking into all of his YouTube videos if you have a chance. Number six, Jimmy Carr, is this racist? Now, a lot of you guys don't know who Jimmy Carr is. He's a British comedian. He's one of my personal favorites. A bit of a degenerate, but I think he's pretty funny. Now, this particular joke is about the game Guess Who. Now, the game Guess Who is a game that was developed in 1979 and was popular when I was a kid here in America in the 1980s. It's a bit like Battleship, except for instead of location-based guessing, you guess the characteristics of the people on this board by, you know, what they're wearing, stuff like that. Like, do they wear glasses? Are they blonde? It's better if I just show you the ad from the 1980s. It's Guess Who! The mystery face game! The fun is trying to guess when you play Guess Who! Is your person bald? Yes. A very good question! Does your person have a beard? Uh Uh-huh! An excellent clue! The fun is trying to guess when you play Guess Who! Do you wear glasses? Yep. Uh Uh-oh. That means it's not you! Hold on! Or you! Bye-bye! Or you! Toodle! I guess you're tough! You win! Game cards do not actually talk. So this game is mostly forgotten here in America today, but it's still well known in the UK, and it's the subject of a variety of jokes that I've heard from a variety of comedians. But this joke from Jimmy Carr is by far my favorite ever Guess Who related joke. Is this racist? Do Chinese people have Guess Who? I tried that joke for the first time in a tiny little 50-seater theatre above a pub, and there was a Chinese lady front and centre, and she laughed enough that she sort of bent forward, and it looked like I'd gone, no. (laughs) (laughs) Genuinely weird. You see, that's funny, because, as Chris Tucker says... I'm sorry, man. All y'all look alike. Number five, Louis C.K. Number four, Jim Gaffigan, Hot Pockets. All right, now Jim Gaffigan was probably the biggest stand-up comedian in the whole world in about like 2010. And much of that success was due to his bit about Hot Pockets. But what many people don't maybe remember is that much of this joke was about how Hot Pockets are redneck food. And basically, it's about the habits of certain kinds of white people. In fact, everything that Jim Gaffigan says in this bit would have sounded perfectly natural coming from Jeff Foxworthy. But this bit was huge, making Jim Gaffigan a star, and for good reason. Let's watch. I'm moving a little slow tonight. I had a Hot Pocket for dinner. Good to see I'm not the only white trash here. 
I buy the Hot Pockets. I go in grocery stores. I'm like, yeah, I'll get these. I've never eaten a Hot Pocket, and then afterwards been, I'm glad I ate that. I'm always like, I'm going to die. I paid for that? I was looking at a box of Hot Pockets. They have a warning printed on the side. So, warning, you just bought Hot Pockets. Hope you're drunk or heading home to a trailer. You hillbilly enjoy the next NASCAR event. Hot Pockets! see that on a menu when you go out to dinner. You know, let's see, I'll have the Caesar salad and the Hot Pocket. Uh, tonight's specials, we have a sea bass, which is broiled, and we have a Hot Pocket, which is cooked in a dirty microwave. And that comes with a side of Pepto. Is your Hot Pocket cold in the middle? It's frozen. But it can be served boiling lava hot. Will it burn my mouth? It'll destroy your mouth. Everything will taste like rubber for a month. All of the Hot Pocket. Hot Pocket! There is the vegetarian Hot Pocket for those of us that don't want to eat meat but still would like diarrhea. Hot Pocket! It should just come with a roll of toilet paper. Diarrhea Pocket! You ever notice there's no dignified way to buy toilet paper? You always have to buy that multi-pack of like 18 rolls. Stick it in your cart. Everyone in the store is like, does that guy ever leave the bathroom? What's he living off of Hot Pockets? Hot Pocket! do love that jingle. You think they worked hard on that song? What do you got so far, Bill? Uh, uh, Hot Pocket. That's good. That's very good. Not as good as your buy menin, but it's good. Now, what are we going to run in Mexico? Caliente pocket. You've got a gift, my friend. I saw a commercial for a chicken pot pie hot pocket. Now they're just messing with us. Just a matter of time. Have you tried the hot pocket, hot pocket? It's a hot pocket filled with a hot pocket. Tastes just like a hot pocket. I'm going to go and stick my head in the microwave. <laughs> Number three, Dave Chappelle, Clayton Bigsby. Now, if you don't know what the Clayton Bigsby Dave Chappelle sketch is, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. This is one of the most brilliant race-based jokes ever in history. This is a classic sketch. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I, I envy you because seeing it for the first time is it's brilliant. For the last 15 years, a man named Clayton Bigsby has been the leading voice of the white supremacist movement in America. His books, Dump Truck, Nigger Stain, I Smell Nigger, and Nigger Book, have sold over 600,000 copies combined. Very few have ever seen him due to his reclusiveness, but in an effort to bring his message to a wider audience, he agreed to give his first public interview ever to Frontline. Uh, Excuse me. Not sure we're in the right place. We're looking for Clayton Bigsby. Look no further, fella. You found me. Uh, Clayton Bigsby, the author? What, you don't think I can write them books? Just because I'm blind don't mean I'm dumb. How could this have happened? 
a black white supremacist. Our search for answers led us here to the Wexler Home for the Blind, where Mr. Bixby spent the first 19 years of his life. Bridget Wexler is the home's headmistress. Well, he was the only Negro we'd ever had around here, so we figured we'd make it easier on Clayton by just telling him and all the other blind kids that he was white. And he never questioned it. Why would he? I noticed you referred to uh, African Americans. What exactly is your problem? Where would I start? Well, first of all, they're lazy, good-for-nothing tricksters, crack-smoking swindlers, big butt-having, wide nose breathing all the white man's air. They eat up all the chicken. They think they're the best dancers, and they stink. Now, if you'll excuse me. I have a book signing to go to. Why don't you bring your media cameras over there if you want to see some real truth? Come on, boy. We don't like your kind around here. You better get out of here before something bad happens. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Tell that nigger. Be a dirty nigger. Come on, Clay. We, we, gotta, we gotta go. Oh, thanks. There's a nigger around here. That dirty monkey was beating my hood. did not end there. Hey! Why'd you jungle buddy turn that music down? Niggers make me sick! Woogie boogie, nigger! Woogie boogie! Did he just call us niggers? Awesome! The anticipation was at a fever pitch as we arrived at Mr. Bigsby's book signing. accepted the fact that he is a black man and three days ago he filed for divorce from his wife when we asked why after 19 years of marriage he responded because she's a nigger lover I'm Kent Wallace all right, I couldn't help it. I had to put another Dave Chappelle joke in. This one is the transracial Asian. I feel bad for T's, but it's so confusing. And it's not all my fault. I feel like they need to take some responsibility for my jokes. Because I didn't come up with this idea on my own. This idea that a person can be born in the wrong body. But they have to admit that's a fucking hilarious predicament. It's really fucking funny. If it happened to me, you'd laugh, wouldn't you? That wouldn't be funny if it happened to me. I think it would be. What if what if it did? What if, what if I was what if I was Chinese? 
but but born in this nigger body. That's not funny. <laughs> and for the rest of my life, I had to go around making that face. Hey, everybody, I'm Chinese. And everyone get mad. Stop making that face. That's offensive. What? This is how I feel inside. Number two, Eddie Murphy, White Like Me. Now, before we get to number one, I'd just like to add an honorable mention. This is to SJW lunatics who take themselves way too seriously. I mean, it's because of them that I even made this video in the first place. Now, here's a video made by a famous SJW lunatic that illustrates just what I mean. Racist jokes, they can happen anywhere. School, work, Thanksgiving dinner. So if someone tells a racist joke, how do you handle it? When it comes to racist humor, we're not just talking about being offended, we're talking about jokes being oppressive. So what do you do if you hear a racist joke? Go completely silent. Play dumb. Huh, I just, I don't get it. I mean, this country was stolen from the Native Americans, built by slave labor, and founded by immigrants, so technically, wouldn't that make you illegal? The sarcastic approach. You know what's really funny? Ironic racism, still racist. Reply with a judgmental gif, or jif if you're one of those. Or you can just unfriend them. I mean, you don't have to put up with that online or off. It's not your job to educate everyone. Just be honest and direct. Hey, that's not funny. I'm, I'm really not cool with jokes about people who already have it bad enough, so please don't say stuff like that around me. So using it's just a joke doesn't make it exempt from criticism, nor does complaining about political correctness. Calling others the PC police basically says, I should be allowed to say whatever I want, but you aren't allowed to say whatever you want about whatever I just said. Um, free speech doesn't work that way. Political correctness isn't keeping anyone from making jokes. It's saying, we want a better world, so jokes have to be better too. This kind of thing, to me, is hilarious because this woman really does believe that it's her job to educate people on how not to be racist and, you know, other SJW crap. And I guess MTV does pay her to do this, so, you know, I guess it is is her job. <laughs> but the point is, she's plain wrong. The truth is, as we've seen by the jokes collected here, everybody gets targeted, and these jokes are never really told in order to denigrate a particular group, I mean, at least not when white people are making jokes about other races. Typically, a joke presented by a white person about other groups is a joke that's designed to be either self-deprecating about the comedian himself, intended to indicate that the comedian has no sense of propriety or doesn't understand social norms, or else it's about white people generally, or it is about the whole situation of the awkwardness around racial issues, you know, with regard to white people. Race-based jokes are not typically, as Jessica Ramsey insists, intended to oppress anyone. Comedians tell them for the same reason they tell every other joke. It's to make people laugh. And so, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is the number one greatest race-based joke of all time. Number one, Chris Rock. I love black people. Who's more racist, black people or white people? Black people. You know why? Because we hate black people too. <laughs> Everything white people don't like about black people, black people really don't like about black people. There's some shit going on with black people right now. There's like a civil war going on with black people. And there's two sides. There's black people and there's niggas. <laughs> and niggas have got to go. Every time black people want to have a good time, isn't it ass niggas fuck it up? 
Now, this is probably the most 
famous race-based comedic routine ever performed by a comedian. Since performing this, Chris Rock has stated that he, he no longer likes to perform it. Chris Rock, I believe thought that, okay, I gave some white people a license to say the N-word, and he's probably right. I mean, that was probably, you know, obviously an unintended consequence of that routine, but I don't think it takes away from really how brilliant that routine was. It was a lot like how Jeff Foxworthy says, you know, you might be a redneck if. It's a very, very similar kind of joke, except Chris Rock called the rednecks of the black race, right, the N-word, which ended up causing some I guess, social issues around that. And, uh, you know, I think it's fine. If he doesn't want to tell the joke ever again, that's, that's perfectly fine. But it, it, that joke, that bit, really did make his career, and it's a legendary comedic routine. I think it's absolutely brilliant, and it deserves, uh, it deserves to be recognized for how brilliant it actually was. All right, that's it for me. And remember, it's not that our liberal friends are ignorant. It's just that they know so much. That isn't so. Good night. We have so many people who can't see a fat man standing beside a thin one without coming to the conclusion the fat man got that way by taking advantage of the thin one. Mr. President, in talking about the continuing recession tonight, you have blamed mistakes of the past, and you blame the Congress. Does any of the blame belong to you? Yes, because for many years I was a Democrat. 